0: you would bless the next moment as we open up your word, as we study uh, the subject, the lesson that is before us. I pray that you would please help me to be able to have clarity of mind, Lord. Please help this to be a time that would be uh, beneficial to our church family, Lord, but to the families that make up our church as well. Lord, I thank you for uh, these dear people and for uh, everyone that took part in, in preparing for Pastor Appreciation Sunday and uh, just thank you, Father, in your precious name, I pray. Amen. And I do want to say, before we start, I do want to just take a moment to thank everyone. I know a, a few of you had got together and, and did all that, and my wife and all that, so thank you very much for Uh, taking the time for Pastor Appreciation Sunday. So we're continuing our series on Sunday morning uh, entitled Functional Family. And if you remember over the last few weeks, we started three weeks ago and we started kind of just talking about the fact that all it takes is one mom or one dad to be able to change the family legacy and to change the tree of of the family. The second lesson, the second sermon was about the heart and keeping the heart of your children and, and, and even the heart of your spouse and... Last week, we talked about a satisfied marriage, and if you weren't here last week and you're married, I would encourage you uh, to make sure you go on our website and and listen to that sermon, and I think it would help marriages uh, to just understand the responsibilities and the duties that we have as husbands and wives to each other. Today, we're going to be talking about parenting, and many of you are parents this morning, and we want to try to help you in regards to being a godly parent. Some of you aren't parents, but you're going to be a parent one day, so this will be a good sermon for you to kind of uh, just file away in the back of your mind and um, have it available for when you have children of your own. Maybe you're a grandparent and you're done with raising children, but you can use this to help as you uh, go alongside maybe your grown children to help raise the grandchildren or help advise your uh, children. Uh, And and, uh, today... I want you to understand, I I know that I'm going to give you a lot of information. And I I try not to do that in my sermons. I try to kind of give you just enough for you to be able to remember. But we could preach an entire series just on the subject of parenting. And I don't uh, want to do that. So I'm going to give you a lot of info. So I want to encourage you, especially if you're a parent or something you're interested in, uh, take notes. You have in your bulletin there, you got that chorus of the week on the back of the bulletin. On the back of the course of the week is an area for you to take notes. Take notes and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to overwhelm you, but I want you to understand a few things about parenting. Uh, this morning, I, I want to give you four thoughts or four keys, four things that children need in regards uh, from their parent Or in regard for you to be able to parent them successfully. And if you look at there in Psalm 127, if you look at verse number 4... The Bible says this, "...as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of thy youth." The Bible says, God uses a a metaphor here, and He says that children that God has given you... Now, before we even get into that, look at verse 3. The Bible says, "...lo, children are in the heritage of the Lord." And the fruit of the womb is His reward. I want you to understand that uh, today, oftentimes children are looked at as uh, a burden or as as something that's going to mess up your life and not allow you to have a lot of free time. But I want you to understand, the Bible teaches that children are a blessing from God. The Bible says that they are the heritage of the Lord. The word heritage means a special or individual possession, an allotted portion. The Bible says that they are a reward. The word reward means a gift, something that was given to you. You need to understand that God gave you the children that you have as a blessing, as a heritage as a reward but there is also responsibilities that go with that of raising your children and in verse 4, he uses this metaphor of an arrow. He says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Now, if you study the phrase mighty man throughout the Bible, and I'm not going to take the time to do it this morning, but you'll find out that that term mighty man is used for a soldier or a man of war. And he says, as arrows, which would be their, their uh, weapon, he says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, a well-trained cho- soldier, he says, so are children of the youth. And the analogy is this, just like you would, take a bow and an arrow and you would point that arrow at a target and you would attempt to hit that arrow at a target. The Bible teaches that children are like those arrows. And for those of you that are taking notes this this morning, I want you to understand this. What children need from parents is this. Children need direction. Children need direction. In the same way that you would aim that arrow at a target and direct it into a certain place, the Bible says that just like that, just like arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Uh, if you're there in Psalm 127? Go into Proverbs 22. The, the very next book after the book of Psalms is the book of Proverbs. Go to Proverbs 22. And look at verse number 6. Most of the verses we're going to look at this morning are in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 22, and look at verse number 6. Proverbs 22 and verse 6. This is a verse that we quote a lot when it comes to children. But I want you to notice a a certain phrase in this verse. Proverbs 22 and verse 6. The Bible says, Train up a child in the way, and I want you to make note of this phrase, He should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this verse is telling us that there are some training required in parenting you are to train up your children. But notice, how are you to train up your children? In the way he should go. There is a way that a child should go, and there is a way that a child should not go. And listen mom, listen dad, it is your job to decide. It is your job to direct. It is your job to train that child in the way that he should go. You're there in Proverbs 22. Look at verse uh, Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, look at verse 18. Now Proverbs 29 and verse 18 is a verse that is often used for a lot of different things. It's a very popular verse in the book of Proverbs, and I don't think it's wrong for it to be used in different contexts, but I want you to see the context that it's in. Proverbs 29 and look at verse number 18. Proverbs 29 and verse number 18, the Bible says Proverbs 29 18 it says, where there is no vision the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy as he. A vision is being able to see something that maybe is not yet. The vision is having an objective. It's having a goal. It's having a a, a, a kind of a target that you're trying to get. He says where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, often this verse is used uh, for leadership, used for pastors, used for, for, for all sorts of different people that have to set a vision for their organizations or the people that they lead. And there's nothing wrong with, with using that in that context. But I want you to notice the context that it appears in the book of Proverbs. If you look at verse 17, right before the ver- verse 18, the Bible says, correct thy son. You notice how he's talking to parents. He says, correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give the light unto thy soul. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And I want you to understand that it is your job as a parent to direct your children, as in the same way that you would direct an arrow towards a target. It is your job to train your child in the way that he should go. It is your job to have a vision for your children. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but that people there is your children. Hey, if you don't have a vision for your children, someone else will have a vision for your children. And my question that I have for you parents is this. Do you have a vision for your children? Do you have goals for your children? Have you set a direction? Have you set a way that you have already decided that your child should go? And I want to encourage you parents, maybe you've never done this before, but I would encourage you to sit down and write down some goals that you have for your kids that you are raising. My wife and I have often talked about our goals for our children. And what it is that we want to accomplish during the time that God has allowed us to have our kids. See, one day we won't have our kids anymore. One day they'll be grown and they'll be married off and they'll be making their own decisions. And oftentimes, when children are grown, their parents begin to realize... The mistakes that they made in, in in the training of their children. And then they begin to try to retrain that child when they're already at an age where you can't train them anymore. And instead of having a lot of regrets of, I wish I would have read the Bible with them, or, I wish I would have disciplined them better, or, I wish I would have taught them different things, it would be wise for you parents to right now, while you have those small children still in your house, it would be wise to set some goals and have a vision and direct that child as an arrow is directed towards the target. I'd like to just share with you the goals that... Uh my wife and I have, for for our children. I'm I'm just sharing these with you so you can kind of get an idea. I'm not saying that our goals need to be your goals. You need to decide what is the direction for your children. God gave them to you. You need to decide the way that they should go and the way that you should train them. But let me just share with you, my wife and I have seven goals for our children, seven things we're trying to accomplish in the 20, 25 years that God has given us, our kids. The first goal is this, that our children will receive Christ as their Savior. Do you have a goal for your children to to be saved? Don't just assume that, like, well, I'm I'm raising them in church, so they're going to be saved. You know, it is your job to be presenting the gospel even to your young children and bring them to the place and and, and kind of discern when they are ready and able to understand that. We are told that most people, most Christians in this world, 80% of Christians in this world were saved between the ages of 4 and 14 years old. And when a child goes past the age of 14 without receiving Christ as Savior, it's not impossible that they should be saved. Many of you were saved well into your adult age, but the, 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 the probability of them being saved becomes very slim. And while you have them in your home, you ought got to have a goal uh, for them to be saved. One of our goals is that our children will receive Christ as their Savior while they're in our home. Our second goal is that our, uh, our saved children will follow the Lord in believers' baptism. We have a goal that our children will follow the Lord in believers' baptism. It is the first step of obedience of a Christian. And it is our goal to make sure that they take that first step in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Our third goal is that our children, as adults, will have an active walk with the Lord. Our goal is to raise children that will go to church when they are no longer forced to go to church. Our goal is to raise children that will read their Bibles when there's not a mom telling them they have to read their Bible. Our goal is to raise children that will want to serve God with their lives and want to walk with the Lord. And the the key word there is to have an active walk with the Lord. Meaning it's a thing that they're doing in their lives. And you know, as a pastor, it's easy to pressure your children into Christianity and pressure your children into ministry. And my wife and I, we do our best to not pressure our kids into going into full-time ministry or anything like that. Because you know what? That's a decision they have to make between them and God. And uh, we, we have enough mommy-called preachers already that don't have the backbone to stand up for what they believe. And and, and if my children go into the ministry, I want them to, that to be a decision that they made with their God, not that they're just following the sense of their dad. But what we are pressuring to do is to walk with the Lord. My children may not be a pastor, but whether they're pastors or not, I want them to be faithful men and faithful women that serve God in a local church. And maybe they'll go start a secular business and finance a ministry for a pastor maybe they'll be faithful deacons and faithful soul winners and faithful workers in a church, maybe they will pastor uh, this church or another, I don't know what God has for them but one of the goals that we have is that they would all as adults have an individual and active walk with the Lord, do you have that goal for your kids? we have a goal for our children that our children will marry saved individuals who walk with the Lord and have Christ centered marriage. And by the way, because that's one of our goals, we're trying to train them even now on how to be good spouses to their future wives and future husbands. Our fifth goal is that our children will be competent and consistent soul winners. Sometimes people say, Pastor, why don't you spend your Saturdays out and and, and teach your kids how to play soccer? Why don't you spend your Saturdays out and teach your kids how to play baseball? Because I don't really want my kids to grow up to be a baseball player. I want my kids to grow up to be a soul winner. So guess why we spend our time? Teaching them how to be competent and consistent soul winners. You know, you say, do you mind having 11 kids outside? I'm thrilled that we have 11 kids outside. That's the future generation of soul winners. And you know, it's easier to get a child to get excited about the things of God. Some of you older, I've been saved for a long time and I just, you know. Here's the beautiful thing about children is they don't know that Christians don't witness. See, you got all it all figured out. Well, you know, that's just pastor, he's just kind of selfish, but you know. Those of us that have been saved now for many years, we know that we just kind of show up to church and don't do anything. But see, kids don't know that. They think it's exciting to go out and get somebody saved and see somebody baptized, and we ought to train them. That's one of my goals is to train our kids to be competent and consistent so much. Our sixth goal for our kids is that our children will be productive. And be able to provide for themselves and their families. We have a goal that our children, when they leave our home, will be able to work and provide for themselves and their family, Be productive members of society. Our seventh goal is that our adult children will have a strong relationship with their parents once they are no longer under our authority. I have a goal... That when my kids are no longer living in my roof, that I they will want to spend time with me and my wife. And they will want to call us. And they will want to be with us. That's one of our goals. Now, I'm just sharing with you our goals. These are our seven goals and things that we want to accomplish. This is how we're going to measure our success in parenting. Did we accomplish the goals that we have with our children? I'm not saying that you need to have those specific goals. All I'm asking is, do you have a goal? Do you have a vision? Do you have... a a, a, a mark, a target somewhere you're directing your kids because the Bible says that your children are arrows in the hand; they're like an arrow in the hands of my man and it is your job, mom it is your job, dad, to set that uh, pace, to set that uh, uh, goal, to set that target in which you're going to try to, because here's the thing, if you don't do it, someone else will And their friends will, and their girlfriends will, and their boyfriends will, and their coaches, and their whoever will. And it is your job to do it. Children need direction. Children need direction. That direction needs to be set by you parents. Do you have a goal? Do you have a vision for your children? I said number one, children need direction. Number two, for those of you that are taking notes, not only do children need direction, but children need discipline. Not only do children need direction, but children need discipline. You're there in Proverbs 29, look at verse number 17. The Bible says, correct thy son. Now I know we live in a society today where the philosophy is to, you don't tell, the, you don't tell kids what's right or wrong. You don't even tell them if they're male or female, you just let them choose. The Bible says, correct thy son. Now I want you to understand this. And I I know that the word discipline today is a four-letter word or whatever. It's a bad word. But the purpose of discipline, there's a purpose for discipline. And you ask this question, why would you discipline your children? The purpose of disciplining your children is to raise children that you can be proud of. Let me just say that again. The purpose of disciplining your children is so you can raise children that you can be proud of. There are some parents that have raised children that, unfortunately, they are not able to be proud of. Now, I'm not saying that they don't love their children. You know, my children, my, my kids are doing this with their lives, and are doing that with their lives. You may love them, but the question is this. Do you, I don't want to have kids that are, as grown adults, I only love. I want to have children that I not only love, but that I'm proud of. Notice what the Bible says. Proverbs 29, 16, 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Why do you what's the purpose of correcting your kids? So that they will give delight unto your soul. The purpose of disciplining your children is to raise children, you can be proud of. But there's a second purpose for disciplining your children. You're there in Proverbs twenty nine and seventeen. Look at verse number fifteen, just a few verses before. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. The rod and reproof give wisdom. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. The Bible says that the rod and reproof give wisdom. Go to Proverbs twenty two. Look at verse fifteen. Proverbs twenty two, verse fifteen. Proverbs twenty two, verse fifteen. Proverbs twenty two fifteen, the Bible says Proverbs twenty two fifteen says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Proverbs 22.15 Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. And I want you to understand what the, Bible, what the Bible calls biblical discipline. I know this is not popular today. I know this is not what Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil and Dr. Spock are all advocating. But the Bible considers biblical dis- discipline what you and I would call corporal punishment. A good old fashioned spanking.
1: You say, well, I give my children timeouts.
0: You, you're you not going to find timeouts in the Bible. Well, I give my children, you know, I know what you do. You count to three. I'm going to count to three. What's going to happen after three? I don't know. I'm going to keep counting, I guess, because I don't have any way to discipline my kids. But the Bible says that you are to correct them. Now, no, notice what those verses say. Did you notice that they both said, the rod and reproof give wisdom? The rod of correction shall drive far, far from them. The word rod is used in, re- in reference to spanking and disciplining your children. Can I get some help with that? Yeah, appreciate it. Now I want you to understand something. The practice of disciplining your children. How do you discipline your children? Because today, when you bring up even the concept of disciplining kids, people think like, oh no. But there's a way that the Bible teaches us that we ought to discipline our kids. Look at Proverbs 23, look at verse 14. Proverbs 23 in verse 14. You need to understand something about disciplining. When we talk about disciplining your children, we're not talking about abusing your kids. And you know what? A dad or a mom that is going to abuse their children, you know, you need to have somebody abuse you, okay? Because the Bible, that's not what the Bible is talking about. Are you there in Proverbs 23? Look at verse 14. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell. Now the Bible uses these words, beat him with a rod. But you need to understand something about disciplining in scripture. When you spank your children, it should hurt, yes, but not injure. Do you understand the difference? A spanking should hurt the child, but it should not injure the child. If you are injuring your children, you're going too far. Do you understand that? Now there are extremes when it comes to uh, raising children or disciplining children. Look at Proverbs 19, look at verse 18. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Proverbs 19 and verse 18, the Bible says this. Now, And I want you to say this. Spanking your children should hurt. It should hurt them. If it doesn't hurt, there's no point. But you should not injure them. You are not abusing your kids. Do you understand that God put an area on your child's body with a little extra cushioning and a little extra padding and a lot of nerve endings... That will allow you to correct them there without injuring, but causing them to hurt a little bit. Proverbs 19 and verse 18 says this, Chasten thy son while there is hope. Notice, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. It should hurt. You should have... Now, let me, let me just... Let me go ahead and do You know, We live in a world where you have to make all these disclaimers because people are ridiculous. Discipline your children properly for their age. Obviously, you're going to discipline... Uh, 11 year old and a 9 year old differently than you would discipline a 3 year old. Do you, does, that, does that make sense? Okay? But when you discipline your children, it ought to hurt but not injure. We have, you have two extremes of discipline. You have the parents that are like taking a little too far and it's like, listen, look. Okay? And, and, and you're leaving marks and bruises and, and, you know, they can't walk, you know, afterwards. Okay? You're taking a little too far. Alright? And I'm not mocking abuse, it, it's wrong. And you need to calm down. And you ought to never spank your children while you're angry. When it's time to correct your children, if you have a temper, you ought to stand them in their room and wait till you cool down and spank them with the proper attitude. But then you have the other extreme of people who it's a joke. You know, and let me just say this, okay? If you don't spank your children through their clothes. Okay, if they're wearing a, a pull-up or a diaper, do you understand that's padding? When you discipline your sh- children, it should be done privately. And here's why. The purpose of disciplining your children is to teach them that there are boundaries that they cannot cross. And you should do it pri- privately to not embarrass them. But here's the other the other part of that. When people discipline their kids publicly, it's usually, it's just like, they take him and... then they put the kid down, and the kid just keeps on Just playing. It's like, look, you didn't do anything. It, they didn't even notice... <laughs> Okay, when you discipline your kids, you ought to, and, and you ought to have the right attitude. You, this, is, this is, I believe, the this, this way you ought to do the steps that we try to take at our home is we try to separate the children. You know, if we're upset at them, we try to make sure we calm down. And when we go, you know, we talk to them and explain to them why they are getting a spanking. And, you know, for our young children, we will put them on our lap. And we will bring down all the padding that they have, and we will <laughs> spank in a way that hurts but not injures. And you say, "Well, I can't believe you saying this." Listen to me. If you don't discipline your child, you say, "Well, I could never hurt my child." The cop's going to hurt your child when he arrests them. The gangbangers going to hurt your child when he when he's out of control. Do you understand that? And if you don't, you know, reproof and correction will give that child wisdom. It'll, it'll cause foolishness to be mad. And you say, well, I can't spank my children. They're going to spank him out there. They're going to mess him up way more than you will. And you'd be wise to take that child. You say, Pastor, I can't believe you're saying this. This is, this is totally, you know, not something that we should be talking about. And they say, look, you do what you want. But the people that are going to say, I'm not going to spank my kids. Those are the same people that you're going to see, the little three-year-old brat Mocking them and making them look like fools at the grocery store. Because you want to... You know, logic with a child. I, I, I don't know what books you're reading, but you can't logic with a two-year-old. I don't know if you know that. I will often take my children out in public, take them to the bank, or take them. To the, and people will oppose all the time. They, I have all three of them, or two of them, or whatever. And I constantly go say, "Man, your kids are so well-behaved." I love going to the bank when there's like other women with their babies, with their children that are like the same age. Because my kids are just like, and then their kids are like. Ah! <laughs> I don't say anything, I, don't, I just kind of look over at them. And you know, the thing was, like, if you spent that child, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. I'm going to count to six. <laughs> See, you know what you teach your children when you say, hey, listen, here's a line, and when you cross it, daddy still loves you, daddy still cares for you, but daddy's going to have to spank you. You allow them to realize that there are boundaries. And see, all you're doing is teaching your kids there are no boundaries. There's no correction. There's no there's nothing there's there's nothing that happens based on my actions, but then they grow up one day and they realize that the cop does have boundaries. And in marriage there are boundaries. And in at the job there are boundaries, and there are repercussions for our actions. You gotta, you gotta discipline your children. Look at Proverbs chapter three. Look at verse 12. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. Hey, why are your children so well behaved? And listen, my children are bad just like your kids, okay? They're all bad, alright? They they make they mess up and they make... We're training them, okay? But you gotta, ought gotta to endeavor to discipline your kids. Proverbs chapter 3, look at verse 12. Proverbs 3, verse 12, the Bible says, For whom the Lord loveth, He corrected. See, God is a great father. God is the best father. And the Bible tells us that God corrects us. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. God the Father is our great example. He corrects us. So we ought to correct our children. Proverbs 13, look at verse 24. Proverbs 13, verse 24. Obviously, if your children, you need to correct them in a way that is appropriate for their age. If your children have some sort of a disability, you, know, you need to correct them in a way that is appropriate for them. We're not advocating a blanket type of correcting for every child. But you ought to correct your children. Proverbs 23. Are you... Did I, did I tell you to go to Proverbs 23? 13? Oh yeah, Proverbs 13. Look at verse 24. And I, I want to really key in on this. Proverbs thirteen twenty-four. He that spareth his rod... I want you to see this. Proverbs thirteen twenty-four. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. I could never spank my child. I love them too much. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, He that spareth his rod, hateth his son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him, be time. See, you know, here's what you can understand about disciplining children and spanking children. It's a lot of work. It's easier to yell. It's easier to... Just go to your room! It's easier to blow up. It's work to take a child... Talk to them. Explain to them. This is why you're getting a spanking. I told you you weren't allowed to do that. And you did it anyway. And to take that child and to spank that child, and then to, to, to have time to love that child afterwards, it's work. The Bible says, He that spreadeth his rod hated the son, but he that loveth him chasteth him be, be times. And here's what you guys, and I wish I could explain to you, but the only way you will understand this is if you discipline your children. But here's what you gotta understand. When you discipline children, it's like a it's it's like a key that unlocks. There is something kids will not go to Proverbs twenty three. Look at verse thirteen. Proverbs twenty three. Kids will not enjoy the discipline, but they will love a parent that disciplines. And you you know, especially if you're divorced, you kids like to play this game where daddy did this and mommy bought this and try to put you out. Let me tell you something the child will grow up and have more love and more respect for the parent that disciplined them than for the one that spoiled them. It's a fact. It's just true. It's how it is. My children, sometimes, you know, I'm tired, and I, I'm not being the parent that I should be, and I let them get away with things, I let them get away with things. Their attitude grows worse and worse and worse. And when I finally decide, like, I'm just going to spank them, then all of a sudden their attitude just completely And it's just like, why didn't I do this, you know, half an hour ago? But because you've got to understand this, children will feel love when they're corrected. Proverbs 23, 13, the Bible says this, Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. We're not talking about injuring children. Let me just make that clear. But when you discipline them, out ought to hurt. They ought to realize that there are repercussions for their actions. I was talking to someone who said to me that when they were... Growing up, they had a lot of liberties in their home, and basically their parents didn't really care what they did. And they had a friend who, whose parents was the opposite. They wanted to know whether we're going to be, how long they were going to be there. They had a, a a friend who was very disciplined by their children. And this friend said to this person, they said, "Man, I wish my parents were like yours. They don't care if you're coming. They don't care if you're going. They don't care what you're doing." And this individual didn't say anything to their friend, but. Talk to themselves, I wish I had friends like yours, who actually cared about me, and actually loved me. And you say, well, I could never discipline my children. When you discipline your child, there is something about it that lets a child know, I am loved. They care about me. They care about what I'm doing. I said, number one, children need direction. I said, number two, children need discipline. And you, you know, look, you can walk out of here and say, "Well, I don't agree with that. I don't think you have to spank your children." That's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not against you, but I'm just telling you right now, you're going to raise a monster. You're going to raise a brat. That's what the Bible says. Children need direction. Children need discipline. Number three, children need discipleship. Children need discipleship. Parents, it is your responsibility to teach your children the Bible. In Proverbs, we have an example of a parent who wants to teach their son the Word of God. If you're there there in the book of Proverbs, go to Proverbs chapter 1. Let me just show you a few verses. The book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. It gives us all sorts of wisdom for life. But I want you to understand the context of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs was written by a man named Solomon, who was writing to his son and instructing his son on how to live life. Notice Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says, My son... Notice what he says. Hear the instruction of thy father. Here you have a dad who's instructing his children. And forsake not the law of thy mother. Here you have a mother who's setting laws and boundaries. Look at Proverbs chapter 2. Look at verse 1. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 1. Proverbs two, 1 says, My son... Notice a father speaking to his son. He says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words, a father who is communicating with his children, and hide my commandments with thee, a father who is teaching his children commandments and instructions. Go to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. Proverbs 3.1 says, My son, forget not my law. But let Thine heart keep My commandments. My son, forget not My law, but let Thine heart keep My commandments. He's saying, here you have a dad who's taught his son the law and the commandments. Go to Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 10. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 10. Proverbs 4.10 says, Hear, O My son, and receive My say. He said, "Look, I, I'm trying to give you something. I'm trying to instruct you. I'm trying to give you things. He said, hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of thy life shall be many." Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty. Proverbs six twenty. Proverbs six twenty. My son. Keep thy father's commandments. You see that? You have a, a father instructing his children. Keep my keep thy father's commandments. And forsake not the law of thy mother. You have a mother who is giving their children law. Proverbs 7, 1. Proverbs 7, 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. You have a father who's teaching you. Proverbs 31. We won't take the time to read the whole thing. But the entire chapter is a mother teaching her son how to pick the right wife. And it is your job, mom, it is your job, dad, to teach your children the Bible. It is not the church's job to do it. We have too many parents today that think, I'm just going to come to church, put my kids in a Sunday school, class, and let them teach them the Word of God. No, it's your job. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Keep your finger there in Proverbs. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now listen to me. The job of the church is to come up alongside you and help you raise those kids. But God gave them to you, not me. And we want to help you. And that's why we're having, we do series like Functional Family. That's why throughout the year we teach and preach very practical things that you can use in your home and you can use in your family. But you need to understand, it is your job to teach your kids. Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 6. Notice what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 6 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt, notice, teach them diligently unto thy children. Well, how do I teach my children in the Bible? And shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. It's good when you're sitting at home to turn off the television and just talk with your kids. When thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Look, when your kids get up, you got to be talking to them about the things of God. When your kids go to bed, you got to be talking to them about the things of God. When you're going down the road, you got to be talking to them about the things of God. It is your job to teach them diligently unto thy children. Let me ask you a question, parents. When do you teach your children the Bible? Well, I bring them to church Sunday morning. No, when do you teach your children the Bible? I want to encourage you parents to set a time every day to have devotions with your kids. To have Bible time with your kids. At our home, my wife has devotions with our children every morning. And I have devotions with our kids every night. She has it as part of her homeschooling day. They'll read a chapter of the Bible and she'll teach them the Word of God. In the evening, we do something a little different. I'll read maybe two or three verses that teach a character quality. Maybe about being a hard worker or having integrity. Or, or being kind. And I will read those verses and then we will talk about what that means and what God expects from them. And we're trying to raise and train our kids. See, today too many parents have this mentality that their home is nothing but a prison cell. And they're, they're just serving a sentence. You know, they've got 18 years and then they can let the inmates go. <laughs> and your job is to clothe and feed and, and, and give them shelter. <laughs> and you have no vision for it. And you have no direction for your children. Have Bible time with your kids. Look, it doesn't have to be long. Let me you some practical thoughts about having Bible time. It doesn't have to be long. Five, ten minutes. I'm not saying you have to preach them a full-length sermon. 5 minutes. 10 minutes. You, know, well, you, you say, well, I do. Just read a chapter of the Bible to them. Explain to them. Don't pick a hard book. You don't have to teach your kids the book of Isaiah. You know, read the book of John. Read the book of Matthew. Read the books of First and Second Samuel. Kids love my my kids. They love reading Judges, First, Second Samuel, and they learn about David and Goliath and they, these stories. They love it. Fine, take a few verses and just teach them something. Apply it. Apply it to their life. Teach them a Bible story or a concept. Say, Pastor, I, I don't. I, I just. Don't, I really don't know how would I Hey look, why don't you come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Take notes of the preaching. And then during the week, teach your kids the notes that you learned in church. And reinforce what they learned here. Just do something. Pray with them. One of the fondest memories I have is uh, waking up. And when I I was growing up, we were were very poor. And uh, for many, many years, my my parents had their bedroom. And of course, my sister had her bedroom because she was a lady in community privacy, but my, my brother and I, for probably the first 12 years of my life, we slept in the living room. We, we slept on the couches just because that was the house that we lived in. It. And, and, and I, I have this memory of early in the morning, 5 in the morning, being in the living room sleeping and being woken up by the light in the, in the kitchen and, 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 and looking over and seeing my dad every morning at 5 in the morning reading his Bible and praying you got to have those memories with your kids. I, I believe that impacted my life in a way that church and a pastor preaching just could not have done. To see that reality. I know my dad's not perfect and he, he's a man like any other man. But I know that my parents loved God. And that impacted me. Pray with your children. Have time of reading with your children. Children need direction, number one. Children need discipline, number two. Children need discipleship. You need to teach your kids the Bible. Number four, this is the last point for those of you taking notes. Not only do children need direction, not only do they need discipline, not only do they need discipleship, children need devotion. Children need devotion. The word devotion means the use of time, money, energy for a particular purpose, being dedicated. It's how you show loyalty or love or commitment or constancy. It's gauged by how you spend your time. Can you go back to Proverbs 29? Look at verse 15. Proverbs 29 and verse 15. Proverbs 29 and verse 15. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 15. We already saw this verse. We saw the first part of it, but let me show you the second part. Proverbs 29.15 The rod and reproof give wisdom But a child left to himself Bringeth his mother to shame You know the sad part is Is there's a lot of children being left to themselves today They're in front of a video game for hours They're in front of a television for hours They're put in a daycare Before school, then they go to school all day Then you have your after school program And then of course I can't spend the weekend with them Because I've got them in five different you know sports things Look, like you, you know what your kids need more than activities? They need you. A child left to them himself bringeth his mother to shame. They need your devotion. They need your time. They need to know that you're there for them. Develop a relationship with your children. Here's what you gotta understand if you take all the points of this morning's sermon and you do one of them, it won't work. There's, there's all sorts of people out there that are in prison, that have just wasting their lives, and you ask them, hey, did your parents thank you? Oh yeah, my parents spanked me, they thank me, oh no, I couldn't get away with it. they are constantly spanking me. Why did you end up the way you do? And here's why. Because yeah, they might have disciplined, but they never discipled. They never talked to Christ the Word of Then on the other side, you got parents, kids who were taught the Bible, 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 everything about the Bible, everything about the Word, but they never were disciplined. And they grew up to be rebellious. And then you got parents who, disciplined and discipled, but they never spend time with their kids. And you don't have that relationship. See, it's about building a relationship with your kids. It's about giving them time. Creating a friendship. I love my kids and I'm their dad and I'm their leader. And their mom's their leader and they need to respect their kids. But you know what? We do want to be friends with our kids. Develop a relationship with your children. Prioritize your time to spend time with your children. This is the only way to develop a relationship and to keep their heart Remember the second sermon we preached about keeping your children's hearts? The only way you can keep their hearts is by spending time with them. You see, so you, you only have them for a short time. 18, 20, 25 years. You only have them for a short amount of time. Invest into them. Well, let's look at one more verse and then I want to give you just some closing thoughts. Psalm 45. Psalm 45 and verse 16. Realize that what your children become will be what you make of them. I want to say that again. Realize that what your children become will be what you make of them. Psalm 45, 16 says this. Psalm 45, 16. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children. Now notice this phrase. Thy children whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth you know that you have the ability to make a prince of your child what your children become will be what you make of them let me just give you some closing thoughts this morning I want to just give you some practical advice that didn't really fit into my alliterated outline here just a few things and if you're taking notes I would write these down just some practical things about practical advice for for raising children. Number one, teach your children to work at an early age and earn money. Don't don't give your kids. And I'm not you know I'm not against this word, but at our house we don't give our kids an allowance. We don't. We don't just give them. You know, every week you are gonna get three. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like raise my kids to just learn to be dependent. Well, every week my parents give me money, and then they grow up to be the kids that want the government to just support them. At our house, we teach our kids to work. They get paid for what they do. Because guess what? That's how the real world works. And teach your kids to work. At an early age. At, at an early age, have them job do jobs that they can do. Obviously a five year old is not going to do the same thing that a fourteen year old does. But give them a task and teach them. The, one of the greatest things you can do for your children is to teach them that when they need money, they should go to work. Teach your children to work at an early age and earn money. Don't just give them money. But from time to time, it's okay to give your kids money. We give our kids money, you know, whatever. But teach them that that's, that's not the norm. Teach them to work. Instill in them a habit of hard work from an early, early age. Your daughter-in-law will thank you. Number two, teach them to give. Don't only teach your kids to earn money. You're going to raise a spoiled, you know, selfish brat. Teach your kids to give. Our kids, they, they even now, they t- are to tithe off of what they make. 10% goes to God. They get a dollar, 10% from the occupation. But we teach our kids to give, and oftentimes they put in way more money than that. Teach them to give. Develop a heart of generosity with your children when it comes to money. Teach them not to be stingy and to just, you know, be uh, greedy. Teach them to earn money and then teach them to give generously. And to tithe and to give to the work of God and to give to others. Number three, teach them to serve others as part of ministry. Volunteer work they don't get paid for. See, at our house, there are things that our kids work, they do, and that's their job, and we pay them. And when they don't do it, they don't get paid, because that's the way the real world works. But then at our house, there's also things that they do just because they're part of the family. Just because they love mom. Mom. Just because sometimes you work for money and sometimes you just work to serve others. Teach your kids to work. There's, a, there's this problem in Christianity, especially conservative Christianity, where it's easy to get wrapped up and it's just about us. It's just about our family. We're going to just feed you. We're just going to to you. Hey, teach your kids to serve other people. Take them out soul winning with you. We had 11 kids out soul winning with me. Teach them to serve. Teach them to work and get paid. Teach them to give and be generous. Teach them to work sometimes and not get paid, just to serve. And don't bail your children out all the time. Someone said this, don't bail, let them fail. You said, well, that's what are you talking about? Listen, the parents that are constantly bailing their children out of things, you know, you, you send your kids off to school and they get in trouble with the teacher and you're just, well, I'm going to chop that teacher out of do Look, don't, don't be the parent that's constantly bailing your kid out. From time to time, it's okay to let them fail. Let them fail when it's not going to ruin their office. You understand what I'm saying? Let them fail when it's not a big deal. Teach them to work through problems on their own. Because the parent that is constantly bailing their child out is the same parent that's going to constantly be having to bail their child out of the home. I'm not trying to teach my kids that whenever you have a financial problem, you come to daddy. I don't take care of it for you. No, I'm trying to teach them to be productive members of society where they can do things for themselves. I don't want to, listen, I don't want to buy my kids cars for the rest of their lives. I don't want to buy their house for the rest of their life. I'm not trying to pay my kids PJ and E-bill for the rest of their life. I'm trying to teach them to work through problems. I have a problem. I have a financial problem here. How do I work through that? Oh, I go work. I save. I budget. I pay money, I give, I'm generous, I serve I'm trying to teach them, I'm trying to train them for life don't constantly bail, there's times where you gotta come in and help your kids out, I understand that but from time to time, just let them fail. it's okay, they'll survive, and they'll be stronger for it the adults that are constantly being bailed by their parents bailed by their parents, bailed by their parents bailed by their parents, I love them so much you're doing the worst thing you could do for your child don't bail. Let them fail. This morning we gave you... I understand we gave you a lot of things to consider. And I'm not trying to overwhelm you. I just don't want to preach on raising children for the next four weeks. But I, I want to I encourage you. Maybe there's just one area. One area that you say, I'm not... I, I need help in this area. Would you choose that one area in your life and, and work on that as a parent? Maybe your children need direction. Maybe you don't have a goal or a vision for your kids. Maybe you need to go home and write down some goals and write down some things for the next... My, my, my son's, you know, 10 years old. And I, uh, in the next 8 years, here's what I would like to accomplish in his life. My daughter is 12 years old. And for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever, here's what I'd like to accomplish. Maybe you need to set some direction. Maybe you need to get a target for your child. Maybe that's what you need to work on. Set set direction for your children. I would encourage you to do that. Maybe you don't discipline your kids. We know. Everybody knows. I'm just kidding. But maybe you ought to start thinking about biblically and looking up the references. Study it out for yourself. See what the Bible says about disciplining your kids. Maybe you need to start biblically disciplining your children. let me stress this. When proper discipline ought to hurt the child, not injure. We're not talking about Abuse. Maybe you are not discipling your children. Maybe you need to develop a nightly Bible time with your family. At our home, we have tried to attempt to have family Bible time every night. That is a non-church night. On Sunday nights, we don't go home and have Bible time. On Wednesday nights, we don't go home and have Bible time. I'm not trying to... Get my kids to, to, to hate, you know, just cram us down their throats so much they hate it, you know. Um, but on the night that we're not in church, we try to spend five minutes talking about the Word of God. Maybe you gotta, maybe you need to develop that. You've got to start thinking about, how could I do that? Maybe your children just need devotion. Maybe you're not spending enough time with them. They're not in your priorities list. And you need to reprioritize yourself and begin to develop a relationship with your children by spending quantity time with them. I don't know what you need, but would you choose one of those? See, I'm going to work on it. And when you feel like you got that down, choose another one. Say, I'm going to start working on that. Children are an to of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. And we ought to take the raising of our children seriously. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for giving us clear instructions in the Bible on how to raise our kids. And we don't have to sit here and try to guess how we are to do it. You teach us how to do it. Father, maybe there are some parents here who say, I've already raised my kids and I didn't do some of those things. This sermon was not meant to make them feel bad. The Bible says forgetting those things which are behind. What's in the past is in the past, but if we can try to help some of these parents that have their kids, that they still have the hope of raising their kids, Lord, I pray that there be a mom or a dad that would get serious about their children today and say, you know what, that, that scenario, that's a place where I need to work. With my kids, Lord, I pray that that family legacies would be changed today as a result of not people just hearing this sermon, but applying it in their lives. Father, I pray you bless our moms and the dads of this church. It's not easy to raise kids. It takes a lot of time. From time to time, it can be inconvenient. Help us to just realize. You've only given us those children for a short amount of time. What am I doing with them? How am I investing into them? I pray that you'd help us to raise kids for your honor and your glory. We love you, Lord, in your precious name, I pray.